Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams and I am so honored to be here with you today. In the Christian liturgy, this is the season of Advent. It is the season in which we await the coming of the Christ. Or we can also say it is the season in which we awaken to the Christ light that is always present because we know in our world today, in in this month, in this year, there is never a moment when the Christ is absent. Wherever we are, that Christ light shines. It surrounds us, it's within us, it shines through us. The Christ is ever present. So even though there are sayings in which we talk about waiting for the Christ, the truth is it is an awakening to the Christ, to the light of the Christ. And during the season of Advent, we focus on four qualities or states of consciousness that lead us to this awakening process. The first is faith, and then peace, then love, and joy. And this week, the third week of Advent, we are focusing on that consciousness or that state of being that we call love. Each one of these opens us up to the Christ light, allows us to awaken to the Christ presence. And it is the heart of what we celebrate during the Christmas season. So today I want to focus on Holy Night. Last week I focused on Silent Night and based this on a hymn called Silent Night, a hymn that Time Magazine called the most popular Christmas song ever, based on the number of recordings, based on the number of people that have used the song. It was written by Joseph Moore and Franz Gruber and first performed in 1818. And this song captures a truth about Christmas. I believe that one of the reasons it's so popular is that it captures the essence of what this season is about. In Silent Night, it captures the deep and profound peace that we find within us. And today I want to focus on the many layers of meaning when we say Holy Night. Many years ago, I was gifted with a, a trip to Assisi, and actually it was to participate in a retreat. And the retreat was set up that we were together in the retreat hall from about nine in the morning till one. And then we had a long break in the afternoon where we could play and be tourists and, you know, do whatever 
we would like to do while well, we spent this time in Assisi, and then we gathered once again after dinner. So the retreat was the first part of the day, and in the evening, a lot of it was in silence. But that week that I was there, I would get up very early in the morning. In fact, I was the first one up out of our group, which for anyone who knows me personally realizes that that's a very strange thing for me to be doing. I'm good at staying up late into the night, but getting up early in the morning is usually not something that I try to do or even understand why people do it. But in Assisi, I would get up really, really early in the morning and I would walk oh, I don't know, maybe a mile to two miles to a church. And it was a church in which the Sisters of St. Clair, who are cloistered, in other words, they, they live in silence, in relative silence. They do not commune with the outside world to any great extent. But every morning, I think it was about 5.30, they would sing, they would chant, for about an hour. And I would walk, you couldn't see them, there was a screen, but you could hear them beautifully. And I would walk into this church and I would listen to their chants, to their hymns, and I felt a transformation happening inside that was more powerful than probably anything else that I experienced during the retreat. But as I walked to this church every morning, I had this profound sense that I was walking on holy ground. I could feel each step as I took it. It was a, a mindfulness, a consciousness of being very mindful before I had ever learned about mindfulness. But I felt every step and I could feel the ground beneath my feet and I could feel so deeply that this was holy ground. I didn't know exactly what I meant by that, but I knew that this was holy ground. And I did not want to miss a second of that experience. So I stayed very aware of every step as I walked to the church and as I walked back. And after a day or two during our free time, I started talking to people about this experience of holy ground. I had never felt that before. I had never experienced that before. And other people in our retreat group also said that they felt something sacred or holy about the place. And then I spoke to people who were not part of our group and, and I got responses like, yes, yes, the river Ganges runs underneath Assisi, which I know physically wasn't true, but the river Ganges is symbolic of spiritual depth, of the presence of, of God. And so this description apparent, apparently had been there for a long time, that when you go to Assisi, the ground that you walk on has the river Ganges running underneath it. And so I reflected on what this means because 
the words holy ground kept coming up, but I, I didn't know what I meant by that other than it brought up a deep and profound reverence in me. And it brought to mind the scripture reading in which Moses experienced God speaking to him, calling him to save God's people. And the passage is in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 4 to 5. God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses answered. Do not come closer, God said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And that's what it felt like in Assisi. The place where I was standing was a place in which I was in the presence of God. And that it was so palpable I could feel it with every step that I took. So this gives us a hint of what the hymn means when the words of the very first line are silent night, holy night. There is something very sacred, something very profound in that night, just like there was something very sacred on the very ground that I was walking on in Assisi. I went to Google and pulled some of my favorite synonyms for holy. And I think the one that captures the word holy the best for me is of God. That whatever it is I'm experiencing, whether it's a holy night or holy ground, that whatever the experience is, it is of God. It comes from that presence of God that is so powerful, it's palpable, it's I can almost touch it. I can feel it beneath my feet. Holy also means divine, sacred, or revered. So silent night, holy night, the night that is of God, the night that is sacred, the night that calls for reverence from each and every one of us. Holy also comes from the Hebrew word, which means the sanctity of God. And our co-founder, Charles Fillmore, wrote that holy means to be spiritually whole. And again, that brings up another string of what does it mean to be whole? Later on, he wrote that holiness <clears throat> is wholeness in spirit, mind, and body. And before I ever learned any of this terminology or ever read Charles Fillmore and what he had to say about it, I remember trying to describe to someone an experience, an inner experience that I had of feeling unanimous inside. 
And I got some funny looks, but what that meant to me is there are times that what goes on in my head is without conflict, without monkey mind, that what I'm thinking and I'm holding in mind, I can focus on and hold steady with it. There is no confusion. There is no being pushed and pulled different ways in my mind. And at the same time, what I'm holding in mind and what I'm feeling in my heart match up. There is a wholeness or a oneness to that experience. And that my body is also aligned to what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. Because there can be times when I'm holding something in mind and bringing up feelings that are aligned with that thought, my, but my muscles are twitching and my back is sore and my nose is itching. So it's that moment where my body settles into that experience and that all of who I am is unanimous. There is no being pulled in different directions. And that experience to me is an experience of wholeness. And when I do that, when I experience that wholeness, it is usually or most likely at a time when I am experiencing the truth of who I am, the truth that I am a spiritual being, that I am of God, that God expresses through me wherever I am God is. Because without that experience of God's presence, there's something so missing that I cannot capture that experience of wholeness. So holy is that knowing I am one within myself and I am one with the God that lives in and through me that is the very source of every breath I take. So what it comes down to is love is central to this experience because if my heart is closed, if in my mind I'm muttering resentful thoughts about what so-and-so did or didn't do, if I'm tensed up, if my body is tense, then there's no room for love. Love is an opening of my being on levels of body, mind, and spirit. And that presence of love allows that experience of wholeness or oneness. And so love is the power that underlies wholeness. And through divine love, through the love of God, we are made whole. We can come to that place of experiencing our wholeness. Charles Fillmore wrote that love is the power that joins and binds the universe and everything in it. So not only is it a wholeness that I've experienced within myself, but it is a wholeness or a oneness that I experience with all people, through my oneness with God and through your oneness with God, we are one. And not only all people, but all beings and the entire universe.
For all is created by that one power, one presence we call God. So love is the power that allows me to know that, to feel it, to know my wholeness, and in that moment to experience that I am holy. Not only is it a holy night, not only is it holy ground that I walk upon, but through the very truth of who I am, I am holy. So in this silent night where I feel the deep peace of God, in this holy night, I awaken to the truth that I am holy. And I come to know in a very deep way that love is the power, the spiritual power through which I come to know that. You know, Christmas and the season is about awaiting the Christ, awakening to the Christ. And Jesus, the Christ, our teacher, taught many things, but his central teachings were about love and about the kingdom of God. And Jesus taught about love when, when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He answered to love God with your whole heart and soul, with your whole being. And then the second commandment is just like that first one, to love your neighbor as yourself. So the commandment is to love ourselves, to love our neighbor, to love God but also to know the oneness or the wholeness that comes with that love. And Jesus wasn't alone in teaching the importance of this love, the importance of this wholeness or oneness. The Buddha is quoted as saying, so with a boundless heart of loving kindness, Hold yourself and all beings as your beloved children. Different words, different culture, some different belief systems, but the same teaching at the heart of it. That we are one through the love that is our spiritual power. We are one through the wholeness that is the truth of our being. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 10 to 12, Jesus taught, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. I have spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So we awaken to the Christ, and the Christ teaches us to love God, to love our neighbor, to love ourselves, and to love each other as powerfully as Jesus loves. That's quite a commandment. But the gift of that is that holy night 
the holy ground, the knowing in this very moment, I am holy. Try that on. Say that to yourself right now. I am holy. Can you receive that? Can you know it? Can you feel it as the truth? It's worth practicing, and it's not just practicing the words, but it's practicing the love that brings us to that experience of wholeness or holiness. In 1 John, in the letters, chapter 4, verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is the source of our oneness, our wholeness, and God is love, so it is in that love that we come to know the holy night, the holy ground, the truth that I am holy. And in that same letter, whoever lives in love lives in God. Whoever lives in love walks on holy ground. Whoever lives in love knows that I am holy, that you are holy. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.